are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Let's read a few verses here now. This is after Pentecost. Peter and John's been filled with the Holy Spirit. Three thousands got saved. And it continues. Now look look at verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in the heart. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw that walking and pray saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon, greatly wondered. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Now you get this, you men of Israel, marvel ye at this, for why ye so earnestly, why look ye so earnestly on us? as though by our own power of holiness we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go, but ye denied the, the Holy One and just and desired a murder to be granted. Ye killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man whole, strong, whom ye see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. I'm going to stop reading right there. Now listen, I want to talk to you here back in verse uh, 6. Notice what Peter said, such as I have, give I thee. Now, I want to ask you tonight, what have you and I got to give that's worth something? Now, if you'll notice some things right here about these fellas. This man now, he was sitting there with his little cup. He was helpless, asking for something. And Peter and John's going into the temple. And he holds his little cup out and said, would you give me? Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have got, I'll give it to you. You see and what he had is what the man needed all the time. Amen. 
And my friend, you and I who are saved, we have, it's not us, but it's God in us, and we have what people need. The Bible said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let me tell you something. This country around where you're at and all around, they're not reading their Bible. They're reading you and I. You ever think about that? That's right. They're reading us. And we ought to have what they need if we're saved. I was thinking about back yonder, you know, in the early scriptures, I believe it was in Luke 9, when uh, this was before the day of Pentecost now. And John said one day, Jesus, I met some folks and they're casting out devils in your name. And I forbid them because they weren't with us. They weren't independent Baptists. <laughs> yeah, and I forbid them. Jesus said, John, that's wrong. If they wasn't against us, they're for us. And Jesus rebuked him. Then you remember on another occasion, Jesus had set his face as a flint going up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples said, some of these Samaritans, they turned aside. They wouldn't accept it. Some of these disciples said, Jesus, do you want us to do do like Elijah, that he wants to call fire out of heaven and, and send him on to hell. And Jesus said, you don't know what manner of spirit you are. I didn't come to send them to hell. I come to save them. Now you, you look at these boys. On another case, on another case. Now here's Jesus telling them I was going to the cross and suffer. And when he got through, there ought to have been the crying about it. But you know what they're saying? Well, if you're going to leave us, I think I ought to have first place. You see, you remember what John, uh, James and John's mother said? My boys, they, they've been faithful. You can, when you come to your kingdom, can one set closest? What about the other? That don't matter about them. That's a bad spirit, my friend. But you see what was there? Well, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, here is Peter and John with a different attitude now because they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let me say tonight, my friend, being filled with the Holy Spirit will make us more like Jesus Christ. And I don't care what you do, where you work, if it's digging ditches, whatever, you and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter uh, five, I believe it is, the fruit of the old flesh, and then the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering, so on. You see, these boys had been yonder to the day of Pentecost, and we don't need another Pentecost. We need the power that came on the day of Pentecost. And now you see the different attitude. The same crowd that said, what about this crowd? The same ones, my friend, that when Jesus in his earthly ministry, here's poor folks laying around there and a man crying out, said, Oh, thou son of God, would you have mercy on us? Son of David, would you have mercy? And that crowd said, leave him alone. Don't bother him. But Jesus stopped and said, have him brought to me. My friend, listen, we need the 
attitude and the spirit that Peter and John had right here in Acts chapter 3. We need that. And, and this is some things. They didn't have money and they didn't need money. And that wasn't what this man needed. That was temporarily. But you and I who know Christ, and this man was lame physically, but all around us, they're lame spiritually all around us. And what they need is Jesus Christ. And that's what he said. He said, I don't have what you think you need, but what I have got, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. He had Jesus. Amen. That's everything. I talked about his peace this morning. If you got Jesus, you've got everything. I read a story one day of a little church and they had a testimony meeting. Just a small place. We used to do that, 50, 75 people, but I'm scared now. I don't know who all them people are and what'll go. But you know, on Wednesday night, I'd hear them old testimonies. This old boy got up, the old country fella. He said, preacher, I thank God I'm saved. He said, I don't, I don't have much. I'm just a poor thinking, but thank God I've got the Lord. And he said, I am. They went on with their testimony meeting and a little while before they closed, that old man raised up and said, could I say one more word, Pastor? He said, yeah, go ahead. He said, by the way, that's all I need. <laughs> and that's true, my friend. If you have Jesus Christ, you've got it all. And it's Jesus Christ. And he's wanting to share it. We ought to want to share Jesus with a lost and dying world. Oh, listen, our world is so full of religions but they don't know the person of Jesus Christ. I think of brother uh, of, of the man that we bought that ten acres. You know where we called it the the uh, uh, young people's building. Now you know team building. That was our second auditorium. We bought that from a man. He was forty two years old. He was raised right across the street in Walkertown. They got streets up there. We got country. We're out of Walkertown. We. And it's just a wide place of road. Anyway, this man sold us 10 acres of land. Now, this has been 30 years or more ago to build our second building. He was a dedicated man. He had a row, he had a bunch of, uh, uh, of, of badges and all that. Been at 16, 18 years, hadn't missed a Sunday in Sunday school. But listen, that man, I said, now, sir, I thank you for letting us have this land. He'd be right across the street, and I'll not call it a denomination, but it was a liberal thing. He was raised up there, and I said, I'm not asking to leave our, leave, leave your church. He's about two miles from us. But I said, sometime, come. We have Sunday night service, and you don't have it. Come and visit us. He said, I appreciate it. That fellow got to come into our church. Big tall man. I like to go back in that old building. I can point out where people got saved. And he got to come and go into his church, Sunday school running. He could drive to our place in five, ten minutes. And he got to come down there for preaching. And after some time, he walked down the aisle. And I met him, big, tall, nice fella. Mail care there for years. And he said, preacher, I've been deceived. I thought when I joined the church and they put a little water on my head and said, do the best you can. I've tried to live right for 42 years, but I have an empty heart. I need to be born again. Amen. And he got saved. 
And see, what I'm trying to say, when Jesus comes in, and when he controls, and he's controlling these boys' life, it changes, you see. It changes your attitude. He got saved. I baptized him. His wife was already saved. And for 40 some years, he is faithful. He, he finally became a deacon of our church. He died at 94 years old, and he loved the Lord, had an old fashioned testimony. Now, they're like that all over the country. And we need to say, such as I have. What have you got? I've got Jesus. The best testimony you and I can give them is our testimony. You know, getting with people saved is not, it's not a little program you go along. Oh, best thing you do. Brother, I used to be the empty and Huh? What do you mean? Yeah, I got, I, I, I got Jesus. They ought to be able to look at us and say, well, you know, you, you seem different. One fellow told me some time ago that a fellow walked up to him and he said, you don't get mad in a factor like the rest of us. What is it? He said, it's Jesus. You see, they're looking for something. Now, this man was looking, but you need to see what happened here. Now, he had Jesus, and I can say so much about it. And then here's something else. They were together. He had fellowship. Peter and John was going together. Now, when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, we work together. You say, well, I don't like that man over yonder. Well, you ought to get right with, God, with the Lord. And you'll like, be like one old man come to me years ago, and he was a businessman. He said, Preacher, there's some folks work for me. And he said, I, Claire, I don't know why they don't like me, but you pray for me. I'm determined to live, to work. He said, I'm determined to love the devil out of them. I like that. And you know what he done is an old farmer, and he had raised beans and corn and stuff like that. And he got to taking it to them fellers. They didn't like him anywhere. It worked for him. He said, just thinking about you. Got a new friend. How about some beans? He said, told me later, he said, you know, them people got to be so sweet. Let me tell you, folks, we need to be in fellowship one with another. Amen. Now, I could talk a long time about that. Let me tell you what happened in North Carolina about an hour and a half from me last year. There's a church run, a preacher friend of mine, a pastor, I think it run about 250 or 300 Sunday school. And they had a young man, C.T., uh, anyway, young, young evangelist, uh, preaching in a meeting, revival. And he preached two nights. And, and, and he said during the invitations, a man just slipped out here and went over here and spoke to another fellow. The invitation's going for people to come forward. And that man, so they both came to the altar together. Many, here come one from over here. And there's four or five up there, and they got to praying together and loving each other. And, and, and it said, boy, you could you get a sense God's presence come to that place. And he said, it's a 14-year-old boy got saved that night. And it growed and growed. He wouldn't look at anything like that. And people kept coming, kept going. And listen, they rented a, a, a tent would seat 35 or 4,000. And put it out yonder in the field. I went one night, several of our people went, drove hours so there. And, and, and they put that tent out there. I'm talking about a little church run 250, 300. And now they got over 3,500 standing outside the tent. And they even used golf carts to go get people's parking way up yonder. And, and the night I got, I was there, 
There was, I don't know how many got saved and start to break up. And here come one wanting to get right with nothing. Here come one say, I've been critical. I need to get right. I'm, and boy, that thing just, the invitation went 25 minutes the night I was there. And they kept going and going. And that meeting lasted. You may have heard about it, North Carolina. It lasted 11 weeks. I'm talking about Monday through Saturday for 11 weeks. And people got to coming from South Carolina and different places bringing folk. It was packed. And it had 1,100 and some people saved at the end all during the time. Isn't that amazing? Now, what was that preacher? That was the power of the Holy Spirit. As far as I know, everybody here is in fellowship one with another. But let me tell you one thing, brother. He said there, the pastor said, I didn't know these men didn't like each other. But he said, Brother Bobby, they didn't. They'd been fussing, and I didn't know it. But this one got convicted and went to that one, that one, that, and they all got down there and is blaming herself for it and got right with God, and the power of God came. That's what I'm talking That's what real fellowship is, my friend. When you can fellowship with God's people. There's nothing like just having good old-fashioned fellowship. Well, Peter and John went together. You see that word together? That's what I'm talking about. And so they had Jesus. They had fellowship. And don't say something else here. They had a desire to go to church. Amen. Now, when you, don't lose, when you lose that desire, don't call blaming somebody. Well, I don't know what the preacher don't talk, don't preach like he used to. You look around. You look around. When you lose your appetite for the spiritual things, you'll never get them back blaming somebody else. Now, a pastor has a lot to face, but I've caught, you're not that type fellow, but I've caught myself praying. And you got this crowd against you and that crowd, and they get their little buddies and so discord and all that. And I'm supposed to pray for them. And I've caught myself, the Holy Spirit just stopped me praying and seemed to say, what kind of attitude you got towards them? <clears throat> what kind of attitude you got towards them people? Then I have to do some repenting myself. You, what are you saying, Brother Bobby? Listen, if you don't like me, I'm not supposed to have no bad attitude toward you. The Holy Spirit don't teach me that. You see, vengeance is mine. I'll repay that the Lord, you see. And, and, and Jesus loved that crowd. Well, listen, when he said one of you is going to betray me, if it had been you and I, we could have said, oh, yeah, oh, Judas, yeah. Jesus knew all the time it was Judas, but he didn't treat him any law any different from any other one. You see what I mean? Because they all said, Lord, is it I? God help us to have fellowship one with another. I'm talking about, I'm talking about fellowship. And these old boys, I like that word together. I like that word together. And so they had fellowship. They had a desire to go to church. They're going up to the house of God. And you know, old David said in Psalm 122, I was glad when they said, let's go to church. Are you glad? You can't hardly wait till time comes. Well, I used to. Well, you used to get it right and you'll have it again. That's right. That's right. But as long as you say, well, if it hadn't been, no, you'll never get anywhere. There's a root of bitterness can spring up and defile us and many more around us. I'm afraid we got some preachers have done the very same thing, my friend. I'm just saying, keep that hunger and desire for the things of God. Their desire to go to church. Psalm 84, I like to read that psalm. 
He said, I, I, I just like to be a, a doorkeeper in the house of God. I was glad. You said, well, I guess we'll have to go back to church tonight. Brother Trevor probably miss us. And I'd like to stay home and watch this or watch that or boom, 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 something. You know, no, what's the matter? If you had a hunger, you'd go. That desire means something. Oh, I just can't wait to get back. Get back. And this, oh, the Spirit of God will lead us to the spiritual thing. And that's what happened to these fellows right here. They had a desire to go to church. Hebrews 10, 25. For Satan not to assemble together himself as a matter of something, but exhorting one another. As so much as you see the day approaching, my friend. I'm just saying need to go to church because of the fellowship of God's people. Need to go to church to hear the word of God. Need to go grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord, you see. And, 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 and these boys were hungry to go to church. And here's something else I like about them, right quick. They had a desire to pray. Amen. They did. What do you mean, brother? Well, it's going to pray. <laughs> At the hour of prayer. Now, let me say this, folks. If we don't spend, get a time alone with God, the devil's going to make sure that we don't have time to pray. A desire to pray. They're going at a certain hour to pray. I will say you young people, listen. If you don't do this, you have a time to pray with your family. You do that. I mean, you start it. I'm not talking about having an hour's camp meeting at home. And I'm, talking, I'm talking about that. But you get them little boys and girls down. Yeah, amen. And you say, honey, God's been good to us, hasn't he? And get prayer going. I mean, make sure and keep that desire for prayer right there in your home. Those little boys will never forget it. They may get out chandra on dope. I know, tell them what, but they'll never get away from that. I had an old-fashioned daddy. He had a heart condition all his life. He preached, pastored a church. And in those days, men worked public job for 22 and a half years. He worked five and a half days a week at the Wachovia Bank in the printing department there. And Dad would work up through Saturday noon and he'd sit out there on the, on the front porch with his Bible and study. And I'd hear him in the back room. He kind of embarrassed me. He said, now brother, let me tell you. I guess he practiced. Sound like he was preaching. Yeah. But you know what he'd do? Three of us boys. He said, come on, boys. Get in here now. God's been good to us. Yeah. And my mother's always coming out of the kitchen. <laughs> and we all get in there together and pray. Daddy's been in heaven 73 years. I never forgot that. And my sweet wife, I don't mean to talk about her every service, but she did that with my kids. My kids tell me, and when I'm off preaching, See, I, folks, there's 23 Baptist churches in seven or eight miles of me. And then there's, I, 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 to God, I never will hint for a place to preach. That's not it. But I preach in some little churches every year, a couple of nights, 15, 16 Sunday school, maybe 100 miles away. And my wife used to get my little young'uns around in dinner and say, y'all, come on now. Daddy's preaching tonight. We got to pray for it. And now my kids as old as I am. And they had never forgot that. Now that's something that will go with them. I can't say enough on that. You have a time of prayer. 
They had a time of prayer at the hour of prayer. You see what I'm trying to say? And if you hadn't started, you started. And I will say this, listen. Mom and dad, I mean, children may be gone. And you don't have to stop that. You pray. My wife and I, and I'm not bragging, but I'm telling you the truth. We prayed together every night. We were married 66 and a half years. Me and mom had been at home a long time. Our kids had been, had been married a long time. But we'd pray together. We would share each other's burdens together and pray. And I'll tell you something. It's hard to pray when you're mad. If you and your wives had a, of course, I don't guess you ever had any of them, but if you did, you start praying, it'll do something for you. Amen. You know what I'm trying to say? That's right. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Let me say this quickly. Quickly, it's about 7.30 now. But listen, your pastor maybe has referred to this, the founder of the Methodist Church, John Wesley. Miss Susan Wesley, his mother, if I remember right, reading a lot about him, she had 16 children. John and Charles Wesley. One day a salesman knocked on their door. One of the boys answered the door. This man said, I, I'd just like to speak to your mother, if I could, a few minutes. I'm so-and-so. I'm sorry, sir. She's, she's with God now. You can't. The man said, she's, she's with God said, see, every day from 10 to 11, she's in yonder with God. And she tells us children now, I'm going to be with God for an hour. And said, mister, you'll have to wait and come back because she's in there with God. We can't bother. Don't you have a night our, our, our homes would be much different. Instead of trying to, and it's sorry to have things, but instead of trying to get this and get that and get the other. It's just spend that time with God. Amen. I got to tell you this. I'll, I'll quit in a few minutes. Listen, I will tell you this. I remember my daddy had a house built. I moved there when I was five years old. It was a five-room house. And we had lived everywhere, a, 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 a whale out in the backyard. And mother, you know, go out there and draw water. Had an old big black uh, pot. We, we didn't have hot water. And mother, once a week, she'd draw water and, and put it in that big pot and get some kindled wood and, and build a fire under it and heat the water. And that's the way she would wash, you see, wash your clothes. Okay. That house Daddy had built, it had a little back porch. And uh, had a whale drilled up on the back porch. I mean, it come up through, you know. And you just step out of the house, out of the kitchen on the back porch, and draw it closer than it would ever been, you know. And and my daddy had my daddy's name was Ezri. He had a brother named Conrad. Uncle Conrad was a salesman at Kester Machinery, and what that is, they sold water pumps in them days, where you could buy a water pump, put it in your house, you see, and, and, and have speaking water. Okay, Uncle Conrad come to see us right after we moved in. And he said to my daddy, his brother, Ezra, why didn't you, why didn't you let me sell you a water pump and get that water on in the house? 
And I can remember the Lord. You know what Mother said to her brother-in-law, Conrad, how much closer do you want it? It's on the front, on the back porch. <laughs> how many women be like that today? <laughs> but I talked about this a few years ago. I never remembered. I never remembered hearing my daddy and mother fuss one time. She was a sweet old face. She was a widow 47 years. I pastored her for 33 years before she went to heaven. After that, I was just 12, you know, when he died. But this is what I'm trying to say. It don't take things. It takes peace to have happiness. If you have things, don't let things lead you away from the right thing. These old boys here, they had a desire to pray. And then let me say they had a burden to help people. You ever think about that? I mean, back yonder before Pentecost, oh, that, that fellow hollering out over there, is sitting down by the wayside, leave him alone. How about them children come to Jesus? Y'all leave him alone. Jesus said, you better come as a little child you won't enter in. You remember? Different now. Here's a poor helpless man. They got time for him. They're trying to help the helpless. And folks, let me tell you, when me and you can stay at the place, you forget about your old self, but you are thinking of somebody. That's what this man right here does, your pastor all the time. Think about somebody out yonder, somewhere, trying to help somebody. You'll be a happy person. They have desire. They have time for him. You see, you're helpless. And then I want to say, and I'm about to quit here. They had an influence that touched others. This poor man expecting to receive something from them. An influence. Something about them. They're going to help me. We need that in our daily lives. How do we get it, preacher? Just living, be honest. A good name is rather be chosen than great riches. That's what I'm talking about. An influence, an influence. Don't worry about somebody lying about you. Just make sure it's not so. That's the only thing. I mean, people, that, I wonder, I bet, I bet you just go on, go on, go on. That's what I'm saying, just go on. A right influence. And then they possessed, of course, God's power. They said, hey, look, look what Peter and John said. Wait a minute here, fellas. Don't give us any credit. Give the one the credit. And you remember this, folks. No flesh will ever glory in his presence. Your pastors, he, he, he brags on me and I, you know, it makes it, you know. But, but he, don't, he, he knows it's, it's anything good about Bobby Robinson, not Bobby Robinson. If he knew me like my Lord knows me, I don't worry he'd have anything to do with me, right? You see. No. When you're blessed, give God the glory. And you remember, every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father above. And as a verse of Scripture, I have to pray every day, and that's James 1, 5. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberty, and upbraideth not him. And I face, I face right now, I've got two hard battles at gospel light. But then you know what the Lord done? He'll take care of them. He said, Bobby, you remember back yonder and so? Yes, Lord. Well, he said, I'm still on the throne. I'll take you to listen to it. When I was 65 years old, 
We was riding along one day, and I was going through some kind of a battle at the church. I was wanting some sympathy. And I looked over at Jackie, my wife, and I said, Honey, I don't know how much longer I'm going to stand this stuff around here. And she just as quiet, sweet, she looked over at me. We're in the car now. And she said, Daddy, you ought to be ashamed of yourself talk like that as much as God's brought you through. Mm. I want to stop and get out on the floorboard. <laughs> God help us here. Preacher, come take the service. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm more than appreciate that message. Because that's where we live. My heart aches. When you pastor people as long as I have here, when I see people not happy and frustrated and mad and upset, whether it's in a marriage or a home or with one another, it truly breaks my heart because life it doesn't have to be this complicated. And we just found a formula tonight. We heard a formula. If we just put in our life like these great apostles did, you could have a fulfilled, and I could have a fulfilled life. It's not that hard. Really, marriage isn't that difficult. Childering is not that difficult. We complicate things. Let's stand together, please. And before we have prayer, don't come forward if God's not speaking to your heart. But I'm wondering, I know a lot of men come. But I wonder if some couples should come tonight. Some families should come tonight. Some ladies should come. Some individuals. Some men come. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. And our Father, I, I, I'm listening to every word of this tonight. I want to go back and hear it again so I can just record it down in my Bible. Lord, I want to live like was preached tonight. I want to have these ingredients in my life so that I'll be everything that you'd want me to be for you and for my wife and my family and for this great church and the people of God and for the lost. I thank you for what we've heard. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed and folks are coming. Would you let God bring you down these aisles? If you're here to be saved, come. If you're here to get right with God, come. If you're here to pray, come. If you're here to be baptized, come. The piano's plays. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Keep coming. Couples, you come. This is not casual to play with this thing of family and home and marriage. Once everyone is here at the altar and you can still come, I'm going to ask, as Brother Waterhouse plays it, Brother Robertson would lead us in prayer for each one that's kneeling and praying. What's God putting on your heart right now? Placing, are you saved? Are you living for God? Is your home needing God? 
the preacher comes, he'll pray right now for all of us. I want to thank you, Father, for the blessed Holy Spirit that lives within us to guide us. And I pray for my brothers and sisters around this altar tonight. Dear Lord, I'm glad that you're able to meet every need. And I pray whatever it is. Maybe some folk here, you know, Lord, they don't have a time of prayer together in their family. If it be, Lord, please help them tonight to get that thing settled. And maybe some here tonight's got children that's gone astray and their hearts are broken. I don't know, Lord, but you know. Maybe somebody that's working with somebody and it's hard to get along with them. Oh, God, help us. Help us like Peter and John. Lord, you said they were even ignorant and unlearned men, but folks took knowledge had been with Jesus. And I pray you'll help us to die to self tonight. Maybe somebody here, Lord, with a little bitterness in their heart. God, help them to get it out. Just leave it with you. Lord, we think about how you suffered on the cross for us. You spit upon and they mocked you. The very crowd that crucified you. And you was willing to say, forgive them not. They don't know what you're doing. God help us to have a little Christ attitude in us. Day after day, keep your hand upon this place here for the glory of God. Lord, that people may say God is in that place. Not that this person or that person, but that's God. Lord, I think about what Brother Roloff said to me one day. And I never forgot it. He said, I want to see God do something so great that men will have to say, God done it. Man couldn't do it. And that's our desire. And this church right here in California, that men could say, hey, there's something unusual, a higher power. No man could do that, only God. Lord, you help us all. We're helpless creatures. Give us more faith to take at your word and to walk with you. And may we die to self every day and seek to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus may be seen in our lives. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for letting me come here, Lord. Just where well, you're in California. I never thought when you called me to preach that I'd ever even pastor a church. And now here I'm out here with some wonderful people. I'm grateful. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lord. And help us all now to occupy when battles come, or heartaches, whatever, just to walk on by faith and to occupy till you come. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name and for his sake I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNBBC.com for Christian music you can trust. 